Disclaimer, this podcast was not made to slander or speak ill of any author we will soon talk about. We will try our best to disassociate the author from their books. This is a book discussion, and we are just speaking our opinions and not just speaking negatively about any book. And this is a spoiler warning. Hello, everybody. So we're back after a very, very long hiatus. And like we said that in previous episodes being like, oh, it's been forever since we've last recorded. This time it's actually been forever. So apologies for that. Now it's okay. So this is Doris speaking. If you like don't know our voices and it's Doris and Anya now because unfortunately Isabel decided to um, move on to bigger and brighter things. Yeah, she is busy with her own stuff. So of course we are happy to. (laughs) What (laughs) Why am I trying to make this sound so professional? We're happy for her that she's moving on to like other stuff. And yeah, you know, we weren't posting consistently anyways. So it really does not make a huge difference. (laughs) But it's okay because you still have us. So it'll be fun. Yes. So today we're doing a very late, very, very requested um, wrap up of our year of reading for 2023. I think was the last episode we posted the mid year like freak out. Um, let's see. Let's take a look. No, it was the American roommate experiment. Really? Yes. Okay. Well, it's been a while, but did we post a meteor freak out this year or no? No, but we did the Steph Bower tag. Oh, uh, I guess that kind of counts. Well, we'll basically go over the year of reading that we've had. Spoiler, spoiler alert, it wasn't that much because life gets super busy and like when we started this podcast... It was, like, when we were pretty young, so we didn't have that big of a workload, but nowadays it's, like, it's so hard to find time to record because, like, it's not just, like, oh, I have free time. You have to make sure that, like, the other – it used to be two people, but now it's just Anya – also has free time. So it just, like, it depends. So this year I read 37 books. I read 20, so it's, like (laughs) – it's also just the fact that we haven't read a lot is just – there's not not a lot to talk about, and yeah. then not a lot of time to talk about it, so it's just, you know, the yeah. podcast was Which on the like, back burner. It's so sad, because I think about, like, two years ago, I read a hundred books in a year. Which, I like, know. granted, they weren't, like, crazy, like, long or exciting books, but it's also, like, a hundred books is a lot. Like, now that I'm, like, looking back on it, and, like, even last year, I read 60 books, like, how am I declining at such a fast rate? <laughs> but it's okay. Yeah, this year I've set my goal to be 30 books, I think, so... Same, I think. Yeah, inching our way back up there because this year yeah. was so disappointing. I don't think I read even, like, one book until February or something. February or March. Yeah, but it's, like, sad because, like, even, like, my summer, it wasn't that busy. I could have read... I actually don't know what I did. I think I just sat on my butt every day because, like, I could have read. I don't think I read, I watched that many TV shows or movies. So, like, there's nothing justifying it. I just, like, I have no idea what I did, genuinely. So, hopefully this year will be better than that because, I don't know. I think, 
Actually, no. For me, it's probably going to be worse. For Anya, it should be better. Yeah, for me, it should be better. I'm supposed to have more free time this year. Um, We'll see. I also have, like, a long list of TV shows. I want to watch those, so... Reading... But, like, reading... Reading has been my thing for so long. Like, I'm never just going to give up on it. But there's also definitely... We'll talk about this maybe later, but, like, the book talk recommendations, it's, like, so mixed. It's either, like, classics, which I'm not not the hugest fan of, and then there's, like, really trashy books. It's, like, the type of thing. It's, like, I can read, and I've noticed, like, I'm happier when I'm reading a book. Like, but it's also bad because I'm very obsessive and it's like I can be obsessive over over a TV show. Like there's been many times where I binged like an entire season in like two days. Mm-hmm. So like but like that just makes me feel yucky, you know, when I'm binging a TV show because then you're just staring at a screen all day every day. So it's like kind of like, uh. so I try not to do that. But instead, I'm like, oh, I'm going to read. So instead, I read a trashy rom-com constantly for two days neglect everything and it's gotten to the point where like I try to avoid reading when I know I'm gonna be super busy because I'm like oh I'm gonna waste all my time now Mm -hmm. which it's not a waste of time but like it is in the grand scheme of things so it's just like I don't know it's like I want to read more but like I want to read books with actual substance but that also means I can't binge them super fast so speaking of which let's talk about our best book so far like writing-wise, technically, not not our personal feelings necessarily, just, like, yeah, that was such it's an like impressive... objectively. Yeah. Yeah. So, my favorite book, not favorite, well, one of my favorites this year was The Dragon Republic, so I cheated a little bit because last year my favorite book was Poppy Wars, which, like, it's so good, and so this year I read The Dragon Republic, which is, it's kind of funny because after every single Poppy Wars books, like, I have to take a break because it's, like, too much mentally, like, I can't do it, so I have to take, like, a year-long break, and then one year later I get back into the series, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so good, it's crazy good, and then I get to, like, the ending scene, and I'm like, oh... This is why I couldn't take it. So, The Dragon Republic, super good. I think the pacing of this book is, like, not as good as the first one. I think I gave this one four stars and then Poppy Wars five stars. But I think it's just, like, the book itself, like, all of the characters and everything that went into that, like, it's so, so good. But, like, comparatively with, like, I think I like the first one more. But, Yeah. So many crazy things happen. I read the first book this year, beginning of the year-ish, and I've been trying to get a hold of the Dragon Republic so many times, but every time my hold comes in, I'm actually so busy, so I have to let it, like, go back. Oh, yeah. yeah. But for me, I put The Secret History by Donna Tartt, which is, ugh, I wish it was here, it's like her favorite book ever. Yeah. And... I totally get the hype about it. Like, it's definitely one of those super addicting books. It just, like, wasn't fully my style. And I love a good morally gray character, but sometimes morally gray is stressful. It And sometimes <laughs> it's not even morally gray. It's, like, morally nearly black. Yeah, I was gonna say black. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know. I definitely... If you're into kind of more of a, it's not even 
thriller, but like a psychological like, mind yeah. type thing. It's like thought provoking. You yeah. Know? Like it makes you think of the deep stuff. <laughs> and it's definitely like you hear about these colleges having secret societies and it's like, oh my god, like that's so cool. But then the secret history is like, um, actually it's kind of creepy. But yeah, yeah the writing was amazing like I will never complain about that even though it wasn't like one of my favorite books it's just it's a lot yeah I tried reading the secret history this year like I got like a hundred pages in which is like decent I think it's 500 pages total so I probably could have finished it but the thing is like I just didn't have time at the time I was reading it I feel like I wasn't giving it like my full attention to really be obsessed with it so I kind of just like put it on hold for now and I'm gonna go back to it like when I have more time which that's the issue because I always say that but I feel like the only time that I'm really free is like the summer and I'm not trying to read the secret history in the summer you know like I feel like it's just such a fall winter book that you have to read it in that time frame but I'm never available in the fall so it's bad so I've been neglecting it for a while and then like Isabel obviously is like hating on us because we haven't read her favorite book. Well, Anya has now, yeah. but, like, I haven't read her favorite book, so it's, like, I need to get on it. <laughs> okay, moving on. So now it's gonna be our favorite book, so it's, like, the thing that, like, when you think of it, your heart, heart warms and you're, like, wow, like, I love all the characters and all this stuff. So, obviously, we had to choose rom-coms for this category, and I chose Check and Mate by Allie Hazelwood. So, basically, it's chess romance, and it's a YA novel, which I read a couple of YA novels, but I feel like I read more adult romance now. But I think I like, whenever I read YA, I probably like it more than adult TBH. And this was no different because the characters are so, so cute. And then like the guy main character in this book is actually the sweetest thing ever. So it's like Allie Hazelwood never misses with any of her books. Like, I also read Love Theoretically, which came out this year, and that was also one of my favorites. But Check It Mate, it's just, like, something about the vibes were just so good, and I, like, I couldn't put it down. I will say for Allie Hazelwood, I saw... I don't know if it was by Allie Hazelwood. I'm pretty sure it was. But it was, like, this werewolf vampire-type romance. <laughs> Wait, really? Why do I, I not remember so. it's that like a, It's coming out in 2024, I think. Really? Um, I don't know. She's branching out. Well, the thing is, like, have you heard, like, everyone hates on her because she's, like, so typecasted at this point. Like, it's the same female main character, the same male man- main character. Like, they have the same personalities of, like, a quirky girl and, like, a stoic boy. And then it's always science-themed. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, like, she eats it up. So, like, who's really complaining? Because yeah. Love Theoretically is, like, the carbon copy of the rest of her books. But I swear it's better than the rest of them. Like, I think she improved. So, at least she's improving and she's getting better. Yeah, like, so even if we hate on it, the love hypothesis changed lives. It changed the trajectory yeah. of STEM romance. Like, literally. Yeah, like, what can we say? Yeah. Um, Hold on. So for me, I put practice. Oh, I see it. Yeah. Sorry, bride. Hold on, let's like take a look. What if it's good though? I saw alpha. Oh, so it's vampire. Oh, so it's about vampires and werewolves. (laughs) Yeah. Oh. 
So maybe it won't be for us, but that's so weird. She's such a contemporary romance girl. Okay, but you have to remember that the love hypothesis was fanfic. It was Kylo Ren fanfic. True. So true, I'm not true. I'm not surprised. Maybe she's and, going back to her roots. Maybe yeah. that's what's happening. Genuinely, like if that's your thing, I support that because you know yourself. But personally, yeah. it's just there's a part of me that's a hater and I cringe at the thought of myself like unironically like i that sounds so mean like again if you read it it's fine and i hope that you enjoy it well the thing is it's it's so targeted to the girls who grew up on twilight which that wasn't us like we were percy jackson harry potter girls from Mm -hmm. the beginning which speaking of percy jackson new tv show i'm gonna get on that i haven't i've watched like 30 minutes so far and i need to catch up but I think it's specifically catered towards that audience, which, like, obviously, so many people love Twilight. Like, it's literally, like, Olivia Rodrigo always has some kind of Twilight thing, like, scattered throughout her, like, Instagram dumps, and so does Gracie Abrams. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's kind of the, like, aesthetic now, you know, of the, like, all the girls who are Y2K, they're also Twilight girls. Yeah. So I think it's targeted to those people, but I think we're just not the main demographic. Which actually makes me really sad, because I was looking forward to a new Allie Hazelwood book this year. And now I might not... Actually, I'll probably read it. Anya might not read it, but I'll probably <laughs> read it. So I'll get back to you guys about it. Yeah. So. Um, so my book is Practice Makes Perfect by... I think it's Sarah Adams? Um, yeah. Yeah. So she wrote The Cheat Sheet, which, as we know, we, we loved. loved. So already, like, just so exciting. Um, but, okay, here's the real kicker, okay? The girl is, like, kind of cliche, like, oh, she's so innocent, she lives a simple life, like, she's so sweet, and the guy's, like, kind of a bad boy, like, he has tattoos, he's a bodyguard. But it's good tattoos, because they're, like, cute little yes, fine okay. line floral tattoos. So, here's, I'll get into this later, but his thing is that he has a magnolia tattoo, because when he was little, he has a little bit of trauma, and so he would hide in a magnolia tree, and she's a florist! Like, are you kidding me? It works out so well. Because she's like, oh, you have magnolias. And he's like, yeah. But anyways, there's a song called Magnolia by Leve, who I'll talk about later. But I love that song. It's one of my favorites. So that already is just like, ugh. And then there's this dedication at the end, which is, maybe it's the beginning. No, it's at the end. I think it's at the end. But it's, like, for all the girls who are waiting on love. It's at the the beginning. And you know what? I actually... So I annotated this book for my friend. And so I, like, posted it on Pinterest. And it's actually, like, one of my favorite things ever. Yeah, I remember one time someone, like, reposted it. And I was like, um, this is Doris's post. Can you give her credit? And I was like, oh, my God. I sound (laughs) so That's actually, like, the funniest thing ever. No, because, like, the thing is, like, I'm not Pinterest famous by any means. But I have a couple, not viral, but, like, somewhat popular posts that have a couple, like, they have attraction. And so it's so funny whenever I see, like, I don't even see it until, like, on, like, Anya does it secretly, like, she doesn't even tell me that she did it, and so, like, one time it came up on my, like, explore page, and I saw Anya's comment, and I, like, was like, yeah, please give me credit. (laughs) 
like, I think it's just so silly. Yeah, it's so but, funny because, like, Pinterest is so unserious. But then I'm like, I literally know the person who drew this. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, you gotta defend your friends. But, um... The dedication, it says, this one is for the softies, the tender-hearted sweeties, the introverts who are afraid to shine. Yeah. It's so good. And then it also has, okay, so, um, something about this series, like, it's kind of, each of them are based off of an Audrey Hepburn film, so When in Rome is, what's the... I don't know the movie. I'm not into Audrey Hepburn. But each of them are based off of one of her movies. So at the very beginning, there's also a quote from Audrey Hepburn. It's, to plant a garden is to believe in tomorrow, which I think is also just so cute. And yeah. Yeah. So there's that. It feels very much speaking to us, you know. So I personally identify with that. And then again, the trope is cute. And just like Sarah Adam. Sarah Adams eats. You already know she's going to eat. Yeah. But, yeah. She's just different. Okay. Next, we have favorite new release. So, a book that came out this year. Mine is The Right Move. So, actually, I'm a fake fan. I was going to say I'm obsessed with the Windy City series by Liz Tomford. And I think, like, a bunch of people on TikTok also became obsessed with the series. I've actually, I was going to say, I love all of them, but I haven't read the first one yet, which I need to get on that. But the second one, so good. Oh my goodness. It's like, it's basically their sports romances. So the guy is this basketball player and then like the girl, she's so sweet and she's like the bubbly, like nice girl. And then the thing is like, she's super like loving and giving. So she kind of like always gives too much and then she never takes so she's like she's often taken advantage of and all that stuff but then the guy is so sweet where his love language is so acts of servitude like it's so bad to the point where it's like like for example she loves iced coffee and so like he would get up earlier to like brew coffee but then put it in the fridge so she doesn't have to ice it down stop that's so cute Mm -hmm. yeah and it's also like she's obsessed with flowers and then he would like try to take care of them because like she's a flight attendant so she's usually not home and so he would like try to keep them alive but then he can't and so then he would try to like buy new flowers to replace them and stuff and it's so sweet yeah and so like it's all of that stuff and then the quotes are like insane and it's so good and then she also has another book it's called caught up which like it also came out last year and that book is also so good because it's like a single dad trope and then like the kid is so cute and then like the guy oh it's so good and so all of her books are just fire, and, like, I'm obsessed with all of them, so you guys should check it out. So, mine is Happy Place by Emily Henry, which we already know, like, Emily Henry is the queen of rom com so, like, it's not a surprise, but we actually talked about this last year, and it was, like, um, new release that you're looking forward to, and we talked about the happy place like as a collective and so reading it was just like ugh, it's definitely not my favorite emily henry book i think beach read has that in the bag but 
it is just like such a happy like friend like friends to lovers dynamic but then there's also like everyone knows except for you guys and it's like stop yeah i will say i definitely the first time i read it this was not emily henry's fault i just like didn't read one of the scenes carefully so i was like low-key lost about it for a good (laughs) half of the book but then like i reread it and i was like oh my god that makes so much more sense so yeah, yeah, I don't think it's a surprise. The Happy Place is not unknown. So, yeah, if you haven't read it, always recommend Emily Henry. Yeah. Okay, moving on. So, a new release that you're looking forward to this year. So, a book that's coming out this year. And so, mine is Play Long, which is the fourth book of the Windy Ser- City series, which I was just talking about. And so, I don't even remember which... Oh, this one is accidental marriage trope which is interesting hmm I don't know how I don't know how I feel about that actually but I trust Liz Tomford with my entire life so I'm okay with that so basically all of the characters are kind of like found family with each other so like they're all besties but then this one I think is the main character from caught caught up that's his little brother so it's kind of interesting Aww. and he's also a baseball player which I'm all I'm low-key, like, not that into baseball players, you know? Like, I feel like that's my least favorite sport, me personally. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, because, like, I don't know, because I'm okay with basketball players. Like, I don't know. I'm not really into sports. Yeah, me neither. So, you know who, you know which books are so, like, the guys are so fine? f1 drivers yes oh if, my god and the main character is an f1 driver it goes crazy which i want to read lauren asher she has another series that's like all of them are f1 drivers i've only read one of them redeemed and that book was so good i love a good f1 driver so <laughs> who knows yeah if you have any there's... recommendations you should let us know yes definitely and there's there's this one girl on tiktok i don't even know if she is like a big reader but I know that she wants to be, like, an F1 mechanic. And she low-key looks like Rory Gilmore. Hmm. But, like, whenever <laughs> whenever I think of rom-coms, like, low-key, like, she's the, like, main character, you know? Like, it's, it's so yeah. funny, but it's just, like, you know, you just imagine certain people belonging in books. And, like, when it comes to F1, my mind instantly goes to her. Yeah. Okay, this is actually really funny because your new release is the like kind of a sequel to the favorite new release of this year. And then mine is Funny Story by Emily Henry, too. So it's like not the same series, but like same universe. So Funny Story. Okay. I know Funny Story is going to be epic because it's two exes. Like, so, okay, this guy, his ex gets together with the ex of another guy girl and then they like try to get revenge on their exes (laughs) the words the words are not wording but hopefully you understood what i meant so it's like kind of fake dating but also just like a funny situation and like trauma bonding i don't know but i like the title because funny story is like how'd you meet well funny story you know yeah well also like Emily Henry, she's, like, rom-com, but she has, like, deep, sad parts, you know? So it's not Mm -hmm. just rom-com. So, like, 
But this one, like, I can't find the trauma in it other than, like, maybe them both getting cheated on. But I feel like that's more of, like, a funny revenge thing. So, like, I'm wondering if this one's also going to be traumatizing, like, Happy Place or if it's going to be more lighthearted, like, book lovers. Mm. Is that the most lighthearted of Emily Henry's books? I don't know. Because, like, Happy Place was super sad. Like, I know a lot of people, like, it was kind of mixed reviews because some people loved emily henry but like they weren't a fan of happy place so who knows yeah i don't know i mean i just like the premise of it and emily henry has never disappointed like i know there's some books that just aren't like totally me but not some books like yeah people we meet on vacation <laughs> but <laughs> that's like me and anya's like biggest riff because like people meet on vacation i think it's my favorite emily henry book it's well, I'm like, not saying I don't like it. It's just, like, it's not... It doesn't affect me the way it affects you. But, like, the thing is, like... Here's the thing. I think Beach Read and People with Me on Vacation are, like, tied. And then Happy Place is also... I have book amnesia. I don't remember anything that happened in Happy Place other than, like, the main plot points. Except for I know that I think one of my... I think my favorite Emily Henry quote is in Happy Place, which is, like, a, it's a bold statement because you're comparing that to, like, when I watch you sleep, oh I feel God. overwhelmed you exist. Like, that that's a crazy quote. Like, Emily Henry is, like, known for her quotes because, like, in my opinion, anyone could write a cringy good quote. You know, like, oh, like, your eyes are the stars and, like, everything's aligned when you're near me. Like, see, like, I can just come up with that, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, Emily Henry can come up with, like, the best, like, one-liner quotes of, like, simple stuff that's just so good. So, like, spoiler for Happy Place, but the quote that's, like, um, you, I might not be the one for you in every, in every universe, but you're the one for me. And the thing is, you I have think about to, it often. You have to kind of know the characters and know their dynamic for it to really yeah. hit. Like, that's what makes it so impactful because it's like oh yeah like what okay watching you sleep like that's kind of creepy like oh you know but like no it's so cute and it's just like the way she builds up to it is so (laughs) good (laughs) it's the way that you just like yelled at the listeners you're like no it's so cute (laughs) like why are you teaching them (laughs) but it's like you have to read it to get it because it's not like like if if like if I watch when I watch you sleep I feel overwhelmed you exist if that was in happy place like it'd be good but it's not as good as it is in beach read you know like each of them are in their perfect little bubble and it's like perfect like I love it and it's like the quote it has to do with like their trauma and all that stuff so like it's like them overcoming their trauma because they love the person so much so, yeah. yeah. Emily Henry, we're Emily Henry's biggest fans. Like, if you listen to our wrap-up from last year, it's, like, especially obvious because, like, every single, t- like, category, I think we mentioned something Emily Henry-related, so. Yeah, we actually, our Beach Read episode is literally called Emily Henry Fan Account, so. Yeah. It's been a thing. It's been a thing for a while. Yeah. It's, like, Emily Henry is just universally, like, such a good author. Because, like, some authors are, like, more controversial. Like, obviously, Colleen Hoover. Like, I see some 
sometimes people compare Emily Henry to Colin Hoover and I like feel rage within me but then like other times like Elena Armas like from the American Roommate Experiment like she's one of my favorite artists authors but like I wouldn't be surprised if someone didn't like her you know Mm -hmm. if someone didn't like Emily Henry I would feel offense like I would feel insulted to my core I feel like "Mm, I don't think we can get along like "Mm, yeah I'd be like you actually have to leave because you're not you're you don't get it like it's like almost if you hate Emily Henry you're like a girl hater you know like you just like aren't one of us that's that's the thing with like Taylor Swift, like, I don't care if people don't like her music. I get it. Sometimes. I kind of get it. (laughs) But it's just, like, first of all, she has such diverse music. If you can't relate to a single one of her songs, you're not getting what she's putting down. You're not hearing it. And then also, just because of... Same with the Barbie movie. Oh, my God. The whole thing with the... Oh, yeah. The Golden Globes. No, the Golden Globes, yeah. Like, that was insane, because it's like, you're not getting it. You're just, you don't understand the vibe, you don't understand the The message. It's not hard to get, they're choosing not to get it is the issue. Because it's like, it's smacking you in the face, the message, and you're choosing to look past the message for the most, like, stupid thing. Like, Taylor Swift has 10 albums out right now. All, like, three of them are different genres, okay? And... You're choosing to say, oh, I hate Taylor Swift. Like, what does she write? Shake it off. You're choosing to only listen to Shake It Off and only, like, associate her with that song. Not that it's a bad song. It's a freaking, like, it's a bop. And you're literally, like, why are you denying yourself the joy of Taylor Swift by just being a hater? Like, oh. So, like, Emily Henry, same thing. Like, you're choosing not to, like, because, like, It has the cartoon covers, and, like, Emily Henry is such a girl name, you know? Mm -hmm. But, like, especially for girls, like, if you don't relate to, like, a single one of her characters, I just don't understand. Yeah, because there's, especially, all her books, all her books have the traumatic element. So it's, like, even if it's not completely your situation, just, like, being a girl has, like, certain experiences that you just don't get other like other people don't get it yeah it's just if you get it you get it if you don't you don't i don't know why, I don't know why i'm so upset right now literally no <laughs> why are we, we both got so into like why was i screaming for a second i was like you're choosing not to get taylor swift like why did i get passionate if you can't tell it's been a while since we recorded <laughs> Dang, I forgot, like, how heated I get about this stuff. Because, like, I can talk about this normally and not get, like, this passionate. But, like, I don't know, something about, like, recording and, like, being with Anya. Like, I just, like, get super into it. Yeah. Okay, we need to move on. Yeah. <laughs> Next. So, the biggest disappointment of the year. So, like, disappointment's, like, a harsh word in my opinion. Because, like, for something to be a disappointment, you have to go into it with high expectations of, like, what you want. So, like, me reading a trashy rom-com and then giving said trashy rom-com two stars, that's not disappointment. I knew that I was, like, signing myself up for, like, a bad book when I went into it. Like, I knew it. So, that's not a disappointment to me. So, like, I said A Curse for True Love, which, that's, like, it sounds so harsh to say it's a 
big disappointment because like I love Stephanie Garber and I love Once Upon a Broken Heart like I love that series but I think it's because I love that series so much and then the ballad of Never After is like one of the best books like not the best book written but like it's just like everything I love in a book Mm -hmm. to go from that and that ending to A Curse for True Love just kind of felt like like A Curse for True Love just kind of felt flat and so like now that's a bad book like I still recommend it I think like people should read it and it doesn't like take away from the series at all but it's just like it's my least favorite of the series you know and I think that's just like with the pacing of the books and I think it's just like the first two books already did so much that this was kind of just a wrap-up book you know like it wasn't anything special plus there was not that much Jax in that book and that's my favorite character and I'm obsessed with that man so I feel offense and that's why I didn't like it as much. As someone who is reading A Curse for True Love like at this exact moment it's definitely like harder to get into because also I read a, a Ballad of Never After like around the time I think it came out maybe. <laughs> really? You read it before me? No. I read it after it couldn't you. Have, it couldn't have been. Hold on. I thought you said that you read Once Upon a Broken Heart, and you're like, I'm so happy because the second book is coming out so soon. No. No? I think I said it about the third book. Hold on. Let me... I'm at the Goodreads. Yeah. Ballad of Never After was in 2022. (gasps) Okay, never mind. But anyways, I read a Ballad of Never After... Maybe, maybe this is just the book I'm used to talking. Maybe I should just stop. I should shut up. Anyways, I totally forgot the entire plot of it. Like, I loved it. Don't get me wrong. But when I started A Curse for True Love, I was like, mm, I don't remember anything. Um, it's, it's actually giving Evangeline. So, uh, me and her are twins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's the issue because when I read series, I have to read them back to back to back you know like I have to read the entire thing in one go or else I forget everything and so it's like kind of like meeting the characters for the first time again where I'm like wait so why do I love you again yeah and also half the time I think I'm making up I'm like I remember this happened I'm like "Mm, no yeah I have book amnesia is getting to me like it's actually really bad I don't remember a single book and it's like before it was like I remember in previous episodes it was always like me who remembered like weird plot details that you and Isabel would forget mm-hmm. now I forget a book a week after I read it same which Loki maybe it's for the best because then I reread it and I'm like wow it's like I'm reading it for the first time yeah it's a masterpiece <laughs> I'm like I'm reading it I'm like no wonder I loved it so much it makes sense so I don't know um for me okay so I would say by Biggest disappointment was when you get the chance by I think it's Emma Lord. She wrote she wrote Tweet Cute I think. Um. Yeah. So when you get the chance, and I don't I kind of recall what happened, but let me just read you my review. Okay. Resisted to res. Resisted the urge to scream every time Millie spoke, but Oliver was a cutie. 
So Millie is like the main character and she gets into these moods and she's like a theater kid and like no no hate to theater kids of course but it's just like it's very dramatic you know and I was just like girl shut up. Um, It's never that deep. Yeah and so I don't know I just wasn't living for it. It's also like um, very YA like it's high school it's you know all that kind of stuff. So it's just, there's not a ton you can do with it, especially since her struggle is like, oh my god, I want to be an actress, and you know, stuff like that. Not to like reduce it to just that, but it's just, I don't know. Oh yeah, I'm looking at, oh yeah, I see. Yeah. I remember reading that review of yours, and I was like, dang, because you had two two two-star reads in a row, so I was like, dang, like, the one time you're actually reading, you get bad books. Mm Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. Yeah. And then also, Secretly Yours. I'm not too upset by this. It's by Tessa Bailey. Um, Did we get an arc for that? Yeah. Yeah, that's why you read it, because you you usually don't read a ton of Tessa Bailey. Yeah, I don't know. It was okay, I guess, but it was just, like, kind of shallow. I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I didn't have high expectations going into it, though, so it was, like, fine. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is my favorite category. New book boyfriend. So, everyone and their mom became obsessed with Fourth Wing this year, which, like, you know what? Romanticy, I love that genre. I think that's, like, the genre we grew grew up on. Mm -hmm. Because... I love a fantasy book, but if it doesn't have a good romance, I can't keep going. And, like, this is also, like, what we started our podcast on, because, like, the Infernal Devices and, like, all those books, like, it was the romance that got me going. So, Fourth Wing, objectively, not the best book, but subjectively, one of my favorites this year. Just because, like, it reminds me of everything I love in fantasy. Like, it reminds me of why I got into reading. Now, my book boyfriend, obviously Zayden Ryerson, so fine, oh my god. It's like, he's like the epitome of all my book boyfriends, you know, like, from like, two years ago. So like, it's just everything about him, like him being snarky, but then it's also like, they're sworn enemies, because they're like, both like, the children of like, different sides of a war, like, her mom executed his dad, so then obviously he would, like, hate her automatically, but then, like, they fall in love anyways, and they're, like, it's, like, I can't say too much without giving it away, because Anya hasn't read it, (laughs) but it's, like, so perfect, like, they complement each other so well, and he's, like, the finest person ever, which, like, maybe he's not my book boyfriend, because I think if I interacted with him, me personally, I would cry, but he's just such a cutie, and I love the way that he's, like, so caring, and, like, ah, I love him. Mm-hmm. So, for me, as if I didn't talk about Practice Makes Perfect enough, um, my book boyfriend is Will Griffin, who is the, like, male lead character. And so, the tattoo already sold, absolutely sold. But he's also just, like, okay, he's emotionally unavailable, which is, you know, kind of a red flag, but not not in books. 
And so he's super tender toward Annie. And, like, he gives her a lot of this confidence that she didn't have, which is just, like, amazing. And their communication is, like, probably, like, some of the best I've seen. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I mean, it's not, like, crazy, but it is, like, good to see. And, wait, there is this one part. Oh, my God, wait. <laughs> see, this is the book Amnesia leaving. <laughs> there's, okay, there's, there's this one part. I don't remember what was happening. I think he was, like, calling Annie or something. <laughs> but then the old grandma who, like, runs the hotel that he was staying at, she, okay, she also repaired his, like, mommy issue, mommy, daddy, family issues, like, oh, he was calling his brother, that's what was happening. Yeah, he, I remember oh that, my God, too. He was, like, telling See, his this brother, is... he's like, I met this girl, and it's so cute, because she's like, you love her, go get her, like, ah, ah, ah. <sighs> It's also, like, so... The first book is When in Rome, and, like, that, like, small town vibe is, like, so perfect and so cutesy, where, like, all of the characters are, like, friends with, like, every person in the town, because it's just so small, and it's also, like, they don't really have Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. and so it's, like, they're so secluded from everything else to the extent where, like, a pop star, like, for, in the first book, a pop star, like, landed in their town, and, like, no one knew who she was, really. So, like... I love it. Okay. Also, it's kind of funny because I never thought of you, Anya. I never thought of you as a tattoo girl, but you keep on mentioning it. Okay, well, like... As, like, the number one reason. Like, you're, like, you've, you're, like, oh, yeah, he's great. And his tattoos. I think I think the part that makes it so appealing is that it's, like, a flower tattoo. It's a very... Yeah, true. It's a very un... Unsuspecting. Like, you wouldn't expect it unexpected that's what i'm trying to say (laughs) it's very unexpected and it has such a gentle meaning and then also just the fact that she's a florist like and there's also oh my god like the language of flowers that's a whole thing (gasps) oh my god wait this is completely off track but i was gonna send doris a photo of this like bookshelf that i saw in barnes and noble because it was a bunch of classics but it was based on flowers like their covers oh i love so pretty i'll send it to you later but yeah. Like, the language of flowers is a whole other, like, realm of stuff that, like, I personally am not super into it, but just the fact that I know it's a thing, yeah, it gets me. It gets me, like, secret stuff like that. Yeah, hold on. I'm trying to see. Because I know that there's, like, a bunch of books, and they have flowers on their cover, and, it, like, they all have, like, such a, like, not a deep meaning, but, like, they have a meaning to it, and I'm like, oh, I love Never mind. Do you do you have something you want to say, or can I move on? No, we can move on. <laughs> we can talk about a book that made you cry, like briefly, and then we can get into our free freestyle rounds. Okay. Oh shoot! I didn't up round up update my freestyle round. Um, what's my favorite show slash movie this year? I don't think I read. I don't think I watched any. <laughs> okay. Well, while Doris is thinking about that, I can talk about a book that made me cry. So my book is A Thousand Splendid Sons, which if you listened to our episode last year, is actually the book that Doris talked about, but it's basically about um, two women living in Afghanistan during the war, and they have like an abusive husband, but they find support with each other, and it's just female relationships, bro, they... They hit like none other, and there's motherhood, and there's just, you know, the fact of being a woman, 
and there's there's some romance too which is honestly so nice but sometimes when i was reading it i was like how did the author khaled hosini hosini i don't know how to say it but i was like why does he know how women think more than like i do like why is he inside the mind of a woman writing this because it just it said what had to be said and i was like oh my god it so emotional and i read a um the kite runner like a while ago and so the fact that it just like ties back to his home country and stuff always gets me so a book that made me cry is happy place and we've talked about it so often and i just kind of took a little moment to remind myself on why i loved happy place so much because i literally have a snap memory of me like sobbing to that book (laughs) and so the thing is it's like so mirrorball coded and it's like all that stuff because i think i relate to the trauma of happy place more than i would relate to like people me on vacation or like beach read because i don't know maybe this will come as a surprise but i didn't get left by my wife for like something 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 that was happening in beach <laughs> read so like believe it or not that didn't happen to me but this one quote in happy place it's so good and it like I think it just encapsulates like everything about that book that's such a lie I don't know (laughs) (laughs) but it's I don't think she's ever totally understood why I find it easier to fulfill other people's expectations than to set my own which I think that represents my entire life actually which I won't go into more detail about but that hurts a little bit and we're gonna move on. Well, no, okay, what I was gonna say, though, is, like, all rom-coms in general, like, I do cry. Like, even in the cute scenes, I'm just, like, so overwhelmed with, like, how adorable it is, I do start crying. So, like, for me, at least, when I put A Thousand Splendid Sons, it's more of just, like, emotional, like, wow, that's so deep, not just, like, crying, because yeah. I cry for every single book I read. Like, that is not yeah a standard. But, yeah. <laughs> I remember there's, like, some stuff where, like, I watch some, like, I read something, and I want it so bad that I start crying. So, like, that was me and Check and Mate. I literally, I wanted it so bad that I, like, just teared up. I was like, I'm so done. Like, I'm never going to get this. And then I start crying about how I'm never going to find true love. No, that's how I felt after, okay, so I rewatched Pride and Prejudice, um, the 2005 version, and then the end scene, just thinking about it makes me so upset, where it's like, when, like, don't call me my dear, and then Mrs. Darcy's like, oh, gagged. I'm literally in shock. Like, I'm going to have an aneurysm right now. But I was so just devastated because the cinematography is just so beautiful. And so the music, good. everything was just coming at me. It was so emotional. So stuff like that, it's just, like, I'm going to cry. So, moving away from books, now we're going to have a little freestyle round of anything that you liked. So, mine is When I Fly Towards You because, oh my gosh, okay. So, there was, like, this time in TikTok, maybe it was just from my For You page, where, like, everyone was talking about When I Fly Towards You and Hidden Love. Mm -hmm. And I haven't watched Hidden Love yet, which I'll probably eat it up too, so I just need to get on it. But When I Fly Towards You, oh my goodness. (sighs) I like C-dramas, but I think I like K-dramas more. But, like, C-dramas, it makes me feel a little productive when I watch them because I'm like, oh, I'm improving my Chinese, you know? Like, I'm getting better at it. But 
when I fly towards you, it's like when I was watching it, my heart, my heart like physically hurt. And that's like what we were talking about like just now. Like I was watching it and crying because yeah. I want it so bad and I'm never going to get it. Because no, it's but- not just the romance. It's like the entire friend group. Yeah, their friendships are so rich. Like, even their school life is so... (laughs) It's just so aesthetic. And also, okay, like, this summer was the age of digital cameras, you know? And she has, like, the the camcorder. I have a Pinterest board literally called Suzette because I want to be her so bad. Like, she's my style inspiration, my hair inspiration, my face inspiration. Like, literally, I want to be her so badly. I want to have her boyfriend. I want to have her friends. I want to have her life. But it's also, like, there's this one... So, basically, like, there's two couples, and they're each, like, girl best (sighs) friends, and then, like, the guy best friends. Like, it's, like, it's perfect. I want that. Like... The extent that I want that is, like, unreal. Because it's, like, both of the couples are equally good, in my opinion. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's, like, there is no second lead. And so it's, like, oh, I want it so bad. But, like, knowing me, I'd be in that friend group and I'd be the one, like, there's one person who doesn't have a relationship. That's going to be me. I would be, what's this? Wait, what? I was going to say his grandma. Yeah, but I would be that person, like, knowing my luck, yeah. And then, like, there's literally, like, a scene, he's like, wait, am I the fifth wheel? Like, what's going on here? Yeah. That's gonna be me. No, and, okay, so, if you couldn't tell, I also love the show, <laughs> but the couples, it's, like, two different dynamics, but they're both, like, what me and Doris want. So, one of them yeah. is, like, a very, like, slow burn, friends to lovers type thing. That's the, yeah quote, unquote, second couple. The... F- but it's like the guy is so obsessed with yeah, her. He and loves like, I her. want that so bad. But they, they like, have the banter guy... too. It's like not just yeah. like, oh, he's willing to like do anything for her. It's like this, the start of their friendship is genuinely so yeah, good. But he keeps on doing like little things to like <sighs> make her happy, but he never says it's him. And that like, ooh, that like, I want it so bad. Oh my and then, God. okay. And then the lead couple, it's like he he has to be the academic weapon, you know, his family has high expectations for him. But he finds so much like oh, there's this thing <laughs> where she gives him this it's a bear, right? Or some stuffed animal. Yeah, it's a bear, it's like a teddy bear. And she records it because okay, so she's really good at English, so she tutors him. And in the bear, she records this thing saying, like, oh good luck, like I believe in you, you're so smart, you're doing so well. He plays it on repeat, like, <laughs> But it's, like, the same thing is, like, he's super reserved, so, like, he doesn't, like, go out of his way to do anything, but, like, the girl, like, is obsessed with him, like, she had a crush on him first, and that's how, like, they, they became friends, is because she keeps on, like, pursuing after him. So unrealistic, first of all. Yeah. Never gonna happen. But the fact that, like, he was the one who confessed first. He's, like, the one who's, like, obsessed with her. He, like, made her his profile picture because, like, all other girls were, like, trying to go after him. And also, okay, major spoil. Like, this is spoilers already, but the way he proposes is so... It's, oh my like, <laughs> there are certain proposals where it's, like, you could do that for anyone and I'm sure they love it. His proposal, he compiles... So he records himself secretly... Like, with her, basically. Like, he records her, too. But, like, 
It's like a compilation of all these videos that she has not seen. And it's just, it's so it's like, her. And it's also like her from his eyes. So like he sees her like this beautiful light and like she sees like herself like smiling or whatever. And it's like, oh my God. And also the soundtrack eats. It's so good. Okay. Um, okay, so unfortunately, Doris probably can't relate to mine, but it's an anime called Kimi ni Todoke, and it's like, actually, there's supposed to be season three coming out soon, but it's kind of the same vibe as, it's the same aesthetic as When I Fly Towards You, kind of, where it's like olden times, like they have flip phones and stuff, not olden times, I'm sorry, that's like... (laughs) The way I pictured, like, like a historical drama or something, and then you were like, they have flip phones. But it's, like... That's so foul. Yeah, sorry, that was... I misspoke. Um, but she... Okay, so the main character, Sawako, yeah, she kind of... People say that she looks like that girl... I don't even know what movie... But she looks, like, basically, like, a horror character, and she's, like, very quiet and whatever... But then there's this popular guy who, like, finds her super attractive and he, like, talks to her all the time and whatever, whatever. And basically, I just want to be here. Like, every time I cut bangs, know that it's because of her. Um, but she also finds, like, a really cute friend group. And it's kind of a winter-themed thing, too. But anyways, he gives her this phone charm one time. And I was obsessed, so obviously I got it too. And actually yesterday I lost the charm. So I'm currently in my devastation era, and that's why I put it. But yeah, if you haven't watched it, you definitely should. Doris! Okay, I I should watch it. Because it's short. It's like 20-minute episodes, and there's like 12 of them each season. Okay, I'll get on it. Mm -hmm. One day. So, next we have favorite song. So, like, mine is like... Does it count? Not really, because it wasn't technically released, but In Between by Gracie Abrams. Oh my god, it's so good. Because it's like, it's everything I want. It's like a rom-com, like, encapsulated. Because, like, The Great War is, like, every single fantasy book could, like, relate to The Great War, Mm -hmm. you know? In Between, every single rom-com could be In Between. And it's like, I want it so bad. And it's like, last night literally last yeah. night gracie abrams said in a concert being like oh i'm gonna record it now because you guys love it so much she better record it and i'm gonna play on repeat because i already play a podcast version of the song on repeat yeah. and i'm obsessed with it and it so, has like, like taylor swift themed lyrics too which is like yeah that's exactly because every single rom-com can like you can use a taylor swift song for it <sighs> it's crazy yeah and it's like all of the stuff it's like it's so romantic like he laughs at her eyes at her smile at the glasses on her face do you know how bad i want i don't even have glasses but like i want that and then it's like how she's beautiful and funny and smart and nothing like he's ever seen it's like every single lyric is just perfect and then like oh i want it so bad like this would be my favorite gracie abrams song if she just released it so it's she also probably, like, that. one of her happiest, so. Yeah, which, like, speaking of, she said, like, in an interview one time, she was like, oh, I'm gonna write happier songs for, like, my next album that's coming <gasps> out soon. Yeah. 
because like good riddance is super sad but she was like oh like the eras tour experience and all that stuff like she wants to she started writing happier songs and she's like the album's like getting close to being done if it's like in between if it's a whole album full of happy songs like that yeah she's in a relationship so i'm sure she has like that inspo i'm so excited (sighs) because i love her sad songs but like she has like no happy songs yeah she is (laughs) not a happy gal yeah okay so for me uh i put lovesick by leve and you're losing me by taylor swift so okay let's first talk about you're losing me because it's so depressing so good yeah yeah um i know like this is kind of like i guess like cliche of me but just specifically the bridge where it's like and i wouldn't marry me either pathological people pleaser yeah stop like you're actually kidding and so i was rereading malibu rising and i literally wrote in the margin because nina was like oh when the like the what's it called the maids or whatever come to clean her house she Mm -hmm. like cleans it first and then if they don't clean it well enough she'll just clean it herself like (sighs) yeah taylor gets it but it's also like so off topic but for malibu rising matilda is literally that book so if you want to cry while reading malibu rising you should listen to matilda because it physically hurts yeah so and then for lovesick okay lovesick's like kind of yeah it's cute sort of I don't know, but the the melody is just so nice. It's by Leve. Wait, I said that already. But it's just like it's kind of the same vibe as in between, where it's like when the gold rays fell on your skin and my hair got caught in the wind. It's just like so enchanting. Like you're just like there. It's so in love. Yeah. I hate love. <sighs> <sighs> Okay. Yeah. Next, favorite new artist. So, this year I became a little obsessed with V, Kim <laughs> Tae Young from BTS. Um basically what happened was I was like being peaceful, I was whatever, and then I saw a clip of him at the Grammys performance performing Butter, which like it's such a popular performance. I don't know how I didn't notice it previously. And then I saw V, and I was like, "Oh my goodness." that man's glorious which i already knew he was glorious but like it like really like it really hit me and so then i was like oh let me go watch some more and so then i watched like run their performance Mm -hmm. of run oh my goodness i think about daily i think about the clip of him like dancing like the main like melody part oh my god it's so good Mm -hmm. and then i watched the blue and gray unplugged music video on mtv (laughs) Can you can you understand? Like I think about this daily. Oh my god, she's like ethereal on that. And then like I kept on going. I went down a super bad rabbit hole. And so like technically maybe like my favorite art new artist is like more it's like BTS. But specifically V, like he released a new EP and it's so good. Yeah. Even though jazz isn't really my thing. But then like also he wrote some soundtrack movie like music for Our Beloved Summer, like one of me and Anya's favorite yeah. shows. He wrote that, and it's like, oh my god, it's so, so good. His voice so. is so pretty. Like, I don't, I mean, I, of course I think he's attractive, but I'm not on the same level Doris his, is, but his voice is just, it fits it so well. Any, like, sad type, like, reminiscent. I hear, 
<laughs> I hear his voice, and I physic—I have a physical reaction. It's like <laughs> specifically blue and gray. There's this one part, and it's like his voice is so good because it's like deep, it's baritone, it's like nice, but it also has like such a wide range. So I hear it, and I like oh. It's like it's like smooth, like it's so smooth. smooth it's like buttery, and oh, it's like buttery. It's like rich. Like I can't like, you know, like what's it called? Like you know when people can hear music and then they like see colors. Mm-hmm. I feel textures. <laughs> so I don't know. It's like something about it, like, and it's only his voice. Like I've never experienced it before, but mm. yeah, so true. Um, okay, so for me, I've already mentioned Leve, but I mean, I knew her prior to 2023, but she did release Bewitched, like, in September, and I got to see her in November, so, like, crazy experience for me, and her music is just so good, because it is jazz, but it has some more pop elements to it, and it's just so relatable. Recently, I've really been feeling falling behind. (sighs) It gets me every single time and her music is, her voice is so nice she's funny her twin sister's funny like it's just good vibes and yeah. then both of us really okay i wouldn't say i love noah khan but i've been loving the stick season album mm-hmm. and like all his collaborations too but it's just like it's depressing lyrics, but the, the beat and the melody, they're, like, hype. The vibes so, are so good. Yeah. So then I don't feel as depressed as I am when I listen to, like, Gracie or Phoebe or Lana, so. Yeah. I don't know. Noah Khan just, like, became super popular this year, which, like, country's not really my thing or Anya's thing, but, mm-hmm. like, something about him. Yeah. I don't know. His voice, it's very comforting, I think, like. Yeah. It has... It's very Taylor Swift coded. Mm-hmm. And, oh, it's so fun to listen to. Definitely, yeah. I didn't think I would really like it, because I was like, mm, this is not really my thing, but... Okay, also, yeah. like, Olivia Rodrigo covering Stick Season really sold it for me. Yeah, me too. That's what made me, like, really start listening to him, because, like, something about the way she sang his music, like, made me pay attention to the lyrics more, and I was like, dang. That hurts. Yeah. And then so. he did the collab with Gracie Abrams, like, very recently. Yeah. And it hit so... Like, it hit before. But her voice added on is just so good. He has the yeah. good collab... Like, with Lizzie McAlpine, too. Mm-hmm. Oh. And Hosier. Yes! Oh, my God. Yeah. He knows. He knows yeah. the vibes. He knows his target audience. Definitely. So, for our favorite movie, we have a combined one, because we actually saw it together. Yeah. Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. So, this year was, like, my Hunger Games revival year. Yeah. Like, for Anya, but, like, for me, like, it was, like, really bad. No, for me, it was secondhand. It was, like, spread from Doris. Because she, yeah. she was so, just like, I have to show you this. So, then I was like, okay. Yeah. So, I keep on saying this, but specifically, this one girl on TikTok, Lefty Lucky Lucy, or something like that. Lucky Lefty. <laughs> Oh my god, her analysis, like, of all the Hunger Games stuff, like, all the characters, all the books, all the plot, like, everything was just so good, and it made me, like, reread all the books, rewatch all the movies, to the point that I rewatched Catching Fire, my favorite one of the Hunger Games, personally. I rewatched 
that movie three times in a week. <laughs> and I reread all the books. And I had Safe and Sound playing on repeat. Of course. Obviously. So that was like March, April-ish, okay? And then Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes came out. And so that was like around November slash December. Yeah, I came back worse. So then I like rewatched all the movies again. And yeah. then I haven't, I actually didn't reread the books, which pretty impressive. But I watched like all the edits and like everything. And I'm still like so obsessed with Hunger Games. So that movie, like it really did something to me. Yeah, I think, okay, as a whole, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes was a good movie. Don't like, don't get my, don't. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but it was just, okay, first of all, um, Rachel Zegler, slay. Like, her, okay, for, like, the three weeks following, I would just have, okay, and Olivia, um, Olivia Rodrigo's song, Can't Catch Me Now, so good. So the soundtrack itself is just, like, epic. And so every week I would have, like, a new song on repeat and it's just, like, so addicting. And then also Tom Blythe as Snow. Oh, my. Goodness. The edits. The edits I had saved. Oh, my God. Absolutely insane. I am personally a fan of the buzz cut more than the curls. I know some people don't agree, mm. but... I like the curls. I thought the buzz... Okay, I didn't love the buzz cut, but I think it was better than the curls. Well, like, yeah, I see. But I, I just didn't really like the end scene hair. Yeah, I didn't. No. End scene hair was kind of wacky. My thing. And any Tom Blythe blonde is just so much better than Tom Blythe brunette. But, in our okay, opinion. but Billy the Kid, like, some of those photos that I've seen, I'm like, you know what? Maybe the brunette yeah. works. Like, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's just the character of Snow. Like, when Tom Blythe is Snow. Because I feel like he's... I'm not, like, super attracted to him, like, as a person, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird. But him as Snow, oh my goodness. I think it was also, for me, personally, it was the dog tag. Yeah, valid. Yeah, and, like, just a lot, a lot going on. And yeah. also, okay, so before, we, like, prepped, you know, for the movie, so we watched the, we watched Catching Fire and Mockingjay Part 1, yeah. and... Then Doris showed me the great... So there's an edit to The Great War. Which, okay, this is my bad. Because apparently I watched it before when she was in her, like, original era in March or April. And it did not affect me. But I literally started crying when we were watching it on the big TV. I was like, oh my... It was for Katniss and Peeta, not Snow. Obviously not. Um, But... It's so good. I think about that edit daily. Yeah, it was crazy. Hourly. And now I listen to Great War and I just, like, see the It clips. changes you, right? Yeah. It changes you. So I think, like, genuinely, like, how I become obsessed with songs is, like, when they're, like, edited on top of, it, like, something I'm already obsessed with. So Enchanted is my favorite Taylor Swift song because there was an Our Beloved Summer edit to Enchanted. And I, mm-hmm. I ate that up. I was obsessed. But The Great War... For Hunger Games, it became my second favorite song because, oh my goodness, it's so good. So, like, every single line, whenever I hear of it, I think of Hunger Games. Like, it's so bad. Because, like, the edit was just so perfect that, like, no other book 
could be the great war as much as hunger games is the great war so i'm obsessed with it and i think about it so often and i can't believe i sent it to you and you watched it but you like didn't process it i think i did though but it just it didn't actually the way that you like you acted like i was insane and i was like i'm gonna watch it and you're like why are we watching this like haha and i was like we need to watch it yeah and then you watch it and start crying and i was like see like now you know because like i already cried enough from that edit so like that was just on me catching up i think also for the ballad of songbirds and snakes the reason we love it as the movie is not really because of the movie itself but it's just like the way it connects to everything and the theories we watched over and over again yeah just suzanne collins world building and the fact that she was so involved in the movie like is nice but it's just like the way it rekindles so much and just like opens the door for so many more possibilities it's just yeah it's so full circle for us too because hunger games was our first podcast episode like Mm-hmm. which like we why were we hating on the hunger games and i know episode? we like, loved what? it like oh i love that book but i like, think i read it in fourth grade so it's like when i was young i think yeah i think that's part of it it's just we didn't really get the politics of it like how mm-hmm. just how insane. i didn't read mockingjay until this year really believe it or not yeah because i like i read like a quarter of it and i got bored and I finished it this well, year. I didn't know and that. I, like, I, and I gave it five stars. Yeah. I think, yeah. So if you ever disagreed with our Hunger Games podcast, know that we did too. Um, yeah. And maybe one day we'll re-record it all. Yeah, and we can, should. Like, answer all the That'll theories. be like a five hour A ten hour. Yeah. yeah like, that would be like so long. Like you would have to like, si- no one would listen to it. Yeah. But like it'd be a marathon for us. Like we'd have to get popcorn and like get into it. So. Yeah. Definitely just... The way it connects, I think, is what really got us because yeah, if I had watched it with anyone else, I don't think I would have been as obsessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, that concludes our wrap-up of our entire year. So if you want a summary of it all, it's book amnesia because apparently we remember nothing. Yeah. Hunger Games because apparently we, we remember everything. And then, like, Emily Henry. We love yeah. Emily Henry. Um, stay tuned for our next episode. Hopefully it'll be in the closer future. In the closer future. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening to Book Expectations with Anya, Doris, and Isabel. Email us at bookexpectationspodcast at gmail.com. That is bookexpectationspodcast at gmail.com for any recommendations on what books you'd like to hear next. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And friend us on Goodreads at Book Expectations Podcast or click the link in our bio.